Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 160 of the podcast that was originally recorded on May 7th of 2017. Some of the games I played for this past week, a little Arkham Horror, the card game. We finished the course set, so take a listen to see what my thoughts are on that. We also played a little Cyclades, a little guys on the map type of game. A little deck builder called Thunderstone Advanced Towers of Rune. Finally got this one to the table after owning it for a few years. I also played a little game on my PlayStation 4 called Marvel Heroes Omega. Take a listen to see what I thought about that one. I also talked about a few things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 160 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, you can send me some email. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on BoardGameGeek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter, you can follow me at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm Playing Now. All right, let's jump into a few of the things that I've played for the past week. Earlier today, I was down at my friendly local game store, Recess, in North Olmstead, and the Arkham File Investigators of Cleveland got together and finished up the final scenario in the core set of the Arkham Horror card game. We completed the scenario, The Devourer Below. It took us a little bit of time to get through this one, but we actually did make it through there. We actually survived. And I've really been trying to avoid talking a little bit about some of the story and everything that goes along with the game. Uh, but there is a lot of podcasts that pretty much just talk about nothing but Arkham Horror, the card game. They've talked about a lot of the scenarios. I'm going to talk a little bit about the core set here since we just finished that up today. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the core set. I think the the story that they give you between the Gathering, the Midnight Masks, and then the Devourer Below, which is the scenario that we actually completed today, um, I had a great time with them. I think and compared to the Pathfinder Adventure card game, since I have run that for the past three years and I've been playing Arkham Horror now for the past couple of months, I'm going to give the nod, I think, to Arkham Horror um, right now over the Pathfinder card game because I have to say the story kind of kept me a little bit more engaged actually into the gameplay than what the Pathfinder story does. The Pathfinder, I think like I mentioned before in some podcasts, you know, the Pathfinder card game, is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, I enjoy it. I am glad I played the hell out of the, the sets that I have, that I've played through all the scenarios, and I will probably play Pathfinder Adventure Card Game again. But even with the scenarios that they give you for organized play, well, there is a really good story there. Each time you're playing the game, as you're going through each particular scenario, it sometimes just feels completely disengaged as far as what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish maybe sometimes in this scenario for the for the Pathfinder card game as opposed to Arkham Horror. And Arkham Horror, it the the some of the stuff that carries over between scenarios as far as when you have additional, you know, terror and horror that you're carrying over from the previous game or possible damage or some of the additional weaknesses that you could possibly be bringing over or obtain in the middle of the game really, really makes you feel like you're in a dire situation. And 
I never really kind of felt that way playing the Pathfinder card game, but I will say playing Arkham Horror, the Devourer Below, I mean, really rounded out the story nicely, I will say. Uh, I will give a little spoiler in that, you know, we kind of threw Lita Chandler to the big baddie at the end there. That was how we ended our scenario. There was no way in hell we were going to be able to beat that monster with just a couple of us playing. We thought about it. We thought about maybe trying to go through a round or so of combat, but I had already had so much horror and so much damage taken from just getting to that final location that it just wouldn't have been feasible for us. I would have pretty much just instantly died had he attacked somebody once. And we just decided, let's just throw her at it. We'll end the game that way. We had a great time playing it. I'm really glad that we actually finished the core set finally. We're going to be moving on to possibly one of the other individual scenarios, I think, and play, play that. I think before we actually go to the next box set, we were we were just using uh, starter decks for this one, which I think hampered us a little bit and, and gave us a disadvantage in playing, I will say. But considering this was really the first time I've really played an LCG, I've really played Arkham Horror, I just kind of went with that because we're kind of just using my cards and my set, so some of the other people aren't into the deck building like I am. So I think for the next one, I'm actually going to do some really good deck building for us, set up our decks a lot better than we actually did this time, um, for the core set. And I think what I'm going to actually do is probably go redo the core set solo. And I think maybe take Skids O'Toole through the core set and play through it and see how it ends up solo. Cause I kind of really want to want to go through it one more time, even though I played that first scenario four or five times, maybe even more. I really want to do it on a solo run where I'm just going to take that character all the way through, see how good I can do and see what I can do with a solo character. So I'm going to try to maybe be doing that. Maybe I'll actually stream that if I get a chance to uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But that is my plans for Arkham Horror. We're going to be getting together in a couple of weeks. We will be starting with another scenario at that time. I will then talk about which one we are going to do. I'm not too sure which one we're going to do next, but um, I can't wait to dig more into Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm still having a great time with this. Some of the pulls today just didn't go our way, but we did come close to the end by actually completing the scenario, by finish getting those clues to that last one. We were a couple of short, and then, like I said, that big baddie basically just arrived, and that's when we just decided to throw Lita Chandler into the wolves, as I guess you could say. So that's it for Arkham Horror. One of the games I played on Thursday of my normal board game meetup was a little board game called Cyclades. I've played Kemet before, and I had a really good time with Kemet. K Kemet and Cyclades are both you, what you can call, what some of us refer to down at the game store, as guys on a map type of game. If you're familiar with Risk or any of those types of games, it is similar to that. I will say that one of the more interesting things with Cyclades is the auction component that's at the beginning of the game. What you're going to do during this auction, during the first phase, during this auction round is everybody's basically trying to vie for position and when they're going to take their turn in and in what order. The player who basically went last and the first turn is basically going to get to go first here and they're going to actually get to choose what card they want to start bidding on and then it goes around the table and somebody can outbid you. And there's other games that have had this mechanic. Um, I think Stockpile was another game that used the exact same type of mechanic as you're going through for kind of turn order. And I will say, I really enjoy that type of, 
you know, bidding mechanic where you can outbid somebody, they get removed from the spot. And the interesting thing was, as opposed to stockpile, where you can actually just start leapfrogging each other and go right back to that same spot, I believe. I'm pretty sure you can. In Cyclades, you cannot do that. You can't go back to the space you were just evacuated or removed from. You have to go to another space first. And if you really want that other card, hope that somebody comes out, bids you to where then you can go back to that space. But you can't do the whole leapfrog type of thing. You actually have to go and choose another card um, before you can actually go back to that space. So that makes the whole bidding mechanic in where you're trying to go and what you want to do during that turn a really, really stressful part of the game because there could be a particular action you want to do on one of the tiles that's there in that whole auction section. And if you get bumped off of there and can't make it back, it could really throw off what you're planning to do during the next couple of turns. We had a really good time playing Cyclades. The first probably five, 10 minutes of the game, I wasn't really too sure how it was playing. I didn't start off in too good of an area of the map. I wasn't bringing in a lot of income during the beginning of the game. That slowed down my engine that I was trying to get going a little bit. I also then got attacked very early on. And well, I don't want to say attacked. Somebody played a card that actually removed one of my buildings very early on. That kind of threw me for a little bit of loop. I wasn't really too sure how I was liking the game. I mean, at that point in time, I was like, this isn't going too good. I'm not really too sure how I'm how I'm digging this. But I will say we played with the Titans expansion. I can, when I was talking to Jim, the guy who actually brought the game and taught it, he said, he said the base game sometimes can start off a little slow. And I can see how it can, because after we got towards the end of the game, where you're able to move whole armies with just the Titans by paying some gold, I can see that by not having the Titans in the game, that could really change the game and could really slow things down. And I think that would really change a lot of the strategy because the Titans spending that one gold piece to be able to maybe move to an area next to you to attack your opponent is is huge because if you don't land on or if you're unable to lock down during that auction period the actual action that lets you build up your army and move your army, you can't necessarily do anything with your troops at that point in time. And that's a kind of a big part of the game. So the Titans actually let you move by paying some gold, which is a really interesting mechanic, which I think really expands the game and really brings attacking to the forefront and lets you be a lot more in your face to your opponents. But I will say, I triggered the end of game by having one of the larger cities out. Uh, I also got four of the white bishop cards, I believe they were called. I can't remember what they were actually termed. But I was able to collect four of those to get the second large city out for me, which triggered the end game, which everybody then had to scramble for to try to see what they could do. And nobody was really close enough to me to actually try to really come in and attack me because I had my one area pretty much locked down to where nobody would be able to come in and beat me. My other area, nobody was able to reach. So everybody was looking at each other around the table trying to see where they could possibly do a move of an army that was nice and close. Because it comes down to, at the end of the game, not only if you have two of the larger buildings, if there is a tie for that, it comes down to money. And it did come down to money for us. And I had spent all of my money during my last turn trying to just set myself up for anything, not realizing that money was the end game thing until we were past that point. And I was like, oh, well, I had to do what I did anyway. I wouldn't have really changed my strategy any. I had to spend my money, so it was something that needed to be done whether I wanted to 
you know, trigger endgame or not. So I did. And I was kind of like felt like I was in last place right up until that point to where everybody kind of just sat up and looked at me like the turn before and realized what I was trying to do. And they were just instantly scrambling and trying to set themselves up for the end game because they knew I was going to bring it on a lot faster than I think they were really hoping it would. We had a really good time with it. If you've never had it, if you've ever had a chance to play Cyclades, you know, or never had a chance to play Cyclades, definitely try to get it to the table. It's a lot of fun. If you like guys on a map, like I will say, I we got to the end of the game. I did not have one single combat with anybody because my troops, I kind of spread kind of thin along the whole bottom part of the board where I just tried to spread them out along the different tiles where they had cornucopias to where you could bring in money and income during the one phase during the beginning of the round. And I really needed to do that. And there were a couple of turns where I was able to, where I basically had to take the one um, action where you're just collecting one coin and then getting a cornucopia that you can put down. And I was getting enough gold during that turn to where it, it, on one turn I was able to buy a whole bunch of things. And it kind of just skyrocketed me ahead of a couple of the other guys. But it was an extremely close game. There was quite a bit of combat going on during the middle part of the game, I would say. And then it kind of mellowed out a little bit. And then right towards the end during that last round when I triggered end game, everybody just started kind of attacking, you know, everybody because they were trying to just get a hold of a second, you know, area that they needed. Really fun game, really good gun, really good game. Not too sure I would add it to my collection. I enjoyed Kemet when I had played this one. I did enjoy Cyclades as well. Like I said, I think it really does need the Titans expansion, which we played with. I'm interested to see what the Hades expansion brings. I know there's another expansion out there. I'm not really too familiar with what that one brings to the table. But Titans definitely did throw in some really neat things. And I like the cards and the ability of the Titans, the other abilities that were brought to the table with that one. So Cyclades, a lot of fun. Definitely give it a shot if you get a chance. And then over the weekend, my wife and I decided to try to get a game to the table that we have not played before, but it's a game that she had bought me many years ago for my birthday, and I'm not too sure why we've never actually played it before. I think we may have tried to play it once, and she just wasn't really kind of getting into the game or anything, didn't really like it too much, so I never really pulled it back out, and we'd only really tried to play the base part of the game, not the or the, you know, kind of like an introduction to the game, not like the full game. So this game is Thunderstone Advanced Towers of Rune. I will say over the weekend, I sat down, read the rules, had her watch a video with me real quick. We got together, started playing it, and both of us really enjoyed the game. And by the time we were done with it, we were like, why have we never played this one before? Why did we kind of start it and then never finish it and really just didn't get into it? I have a feeling we're going to be revisiting Thunderstone Advance. Hopefully quite a bit until Thunderstone Quest comes out, because now that I know she enjoys Thunderstone Advance, I'm really looking forward to Thunderstone Quest to see what that's going to bring to the table and how that's going to round out the game. But Thunderstone Advance Towers of Rune is basically a deck builder. What you're doing is you're starting out with a hand or a deck, I will say, of 12 cards. You will pick up six cards on your turn and you will do one of a couple of things. You can either go to the village. And the village consists of a lot of different cards on the table that you can purchase and spend gold from your hand to actually build your deck up a little better. If you actually have enough troops and army characters in your hand or heroes and you feel like you can actually defeat one of the monsters that are in the dungeon, you can actually go to the dungeon. The name of this game is Victory Points. So you want to try to go to the dungeon as soon as you can and as often as you can because defeating the monsters is what is going to get you victory points for the end of the game. 
You can also do a couple other things on your turn. You can rest, which will let you actually discard one of the cards from your hand, basically taking it out of play, um, which will thin out your deck, which I actually needed to start doing during our game, and I didn't because my deck was actually getting to the point where I could actually riffle shuffle the deck, which is probably not how you want a deck builder to go because you're not really playing in an optimized point then. And I kind of realized that towards the end of the game. Uh, one of the other actions that you can do on your turn, which I, which I think is the fourth action that you can take, is a prepare action. And the prepare action actually lets you try to improve your hand. So what I, what I mean by that is you can take some of your cards from your hand and actually put them back on top of your deck. You can discard the rest of your cards in your discard pile. Then next turn, when you actually go to draw your six cards, you're going to be drawing the cards that you actually just put down there as well as however many others to total up to a hand of six. So if you actually have maybe maybe you're one or two you know points short of being able to defeat a monster, you may want to throw most of your hand back on your deck and maybe throw out the one card that isn't really helping you out and maybe try to just see if you can get that extra card that may be needed to be able to push you over the edge to defeat the monster. Like I said, we had a lot of good, a lot of fun with the game and we just played basically through the, it, we didn't play through the intro scenario. We actually played through the recommended kind of like first scenario that they give you, not the really shortened one, but it was kind of like a normal one, I would say. And we had a good time with it. Like I said, I'm really surprised that we hadn't gotten this to the table before. What you're doing as far as the game goes, like I said, the goal of the game is to get victory points. But when you're going through the monster deck, when you build that monster deck, you're actually going to take the Thunderstone Bearer, which is going to be the villain of the game. And he's going to go into, you're going to take 10 cards off of that deck after it's shuffled shuffle that Thunderstone Bearer into those 10 cards, put those 10 cards down and put the rest of the deck on top so you know in the bottom 10 cards that there's actually going to be this Thunderstone Bearer, which is going to trigger the end game for you. So other than that, it plays just like you would think a deck builder was. And I will say Thunderstone Advance, thumbs up. I don't know why it took us years to get this one to the table. One, I'm glad I actually have this game in my collection because I know the game actually is... The Thunderstone Advance games are very hard to get. They actually go for quite a bit of money. I actually picked it up from my local game store, like I said, years ago. Uh, my wife had bought it for me for my birthday. This is I, I'm trying to actually look through my collection right now and see what older games we have that we've purchased over the years that we never really got to the table. So this was one that I wanted to actually just get to the table, and I'm so glad we did. And I think I'm going to maybe try to get some of these older games to the table maybe every couple of weeks so this way I can actually churn through some of these older games that have not been played yet that are in my collection. So really glad Thunderstone Advance got to the table. If you have not played this one, definitely play this deck builder. It is a hell of a lot of fun, and we really enjoyed it. Other than that, that is the board games that I played for the week. It wasn't a huge week of board gaming for me. Um, I'm hoping this week coming up will actually change. Um, so hopefully I can make it down to the game store a couple of days this week and we can actually maybe even get in some Arcadia Quest next weekend, which I think we have planned too. So we're going to be revisiting our Arcadia Quest campaign. So other than that, I did play a little PlayStation 4 this weekend. I played some Marvel Heroes Omega. If you've ever played the Marvel Heroes game on PC, that's on Steam. It's basically that game, but on the console. I was able to get a beta code for this game uh, for the PlayStation 4 of the weekend, and I sat around screwing around with this game uh, Saturday morning. I will say I kind of really liked it. It really had a a nice feel to it. I thought that the that the controller had a 
that they incorporated the controller into the game pretty well. I think combat was kind of fun. I was playing as Deadpool. I was having a heck of a lot of fun with the game until I reached level 10. Once I hit level 10, the game informed me I was no longer able to level up my character and I needed to purchase him. Now, they do give you one character for free. I didn't realize that the character that you pick at the beginning of the game isn't really given to you for free. They give you points to where you can purchase a character, and I think I had purchased Ghost Rider because he's one of the few that were worth 400 points, and they only give you 400 points. I think Deadpool was 600, but I kept on playing with Deadpool for a while because I was really just having a good time playing as Deadpool, so... I don't know if I'm going to spend the 20 bucks to actually purchase Deadpool because I don't know if I'm ever going to actually revisit this game again. Um, I had played this game a little bit on the PC on Steam for a little while. I think I've actually now spent more time with the game on the PlayStation 4 than I really ever spent with it on the PC. I had a good time with it. If you have a chance to actually check the game out, it is... I hate to say it's like an MMO, but it is similar to a massively multiplayer online game because you are playing online with a lot of other people. Everything I did in the game, I was able to accomplish solo. I really didn't feel the need to group up. I never really felt like I was in a situation where I was I needed assistance to kill any of the even boss characters that were in the game. I was able to figure out strategies to fight them fairly quickly in the combat and neutralize any damage I was taking and pretty much easily defeat the boss monsters and characters and get through different parts of the story. I would actually kind of like to see parts of the story, a little bit more of the story. So like I said, I'm kind of torn as to whether I'm going to be revisiting this game anymore, but for 20 bucks, I may actually plunk it down, play as Deadpool and actually see what I can get. It The game actually does allow you to play couch co-op. So you play in the third person. So if I actually wanted to have my wife play with me in this game, I actually could. But we actually started Diablo 3, and I would rather like to kind of finish that with her before we jump into a Marvel hero game because I think she would prefer more of the fantasy setting in Diablo 3 as opposed to what Marvel Heroes does. She, while she will watch the superhero movies and stuff like that, she really isn't as much into the superhero genre as she is into the fantasy genre. So I think sticking with Diablo 3 would probably be the way to go for us. So doing the couch co-op, I'm not really too sure how that would fly, but I may have her give it a shot just to see how it goes. But other than that, those are the games I played for the week. So let's jump over to a few of the games that I want to play. When I was down at my friendly local game store today, I noticed that they had just recently got in Unfair into the store and unfair is a game where you're basically doing trying to build the city's greatest theme park now i've watched a couple of videos on this one i've read a little bit about this one it sounds like this game seems to be hit or miss with people from what i can tell so far it seems like some people like it some people don't like it it seems like there's a lot of stabbiness in this game so you're going to possibly be attacking some of your other opponents and doing some things with them I'm hoping that they actually have this game in the library because I would like to get this game to the table first before actually purchasing it, especially since it's I'm kind of on the fence as to whether I really am going to like this one or not. This is definitely one that I think I want to try first before actually doing a purchase of the game. And so I'm hoping somebody has it maybe down at the game store this week coming up and we can get it to the table. If not, I may just have to hold off on actually purchasing this one until playing it because since it is one that is seem to be does seem to be kind of just so much on the fence and either like people liking it or hating it, I really don't want to throw it into my collection until I actually know whether I like it or not. 
Other than that, my wife and I actually watched the Kentucky Derby, which was actually yesterday. Uh, she actually is we used to be really big into horses growing up. And I saw that on Board Game Geek, there is a little card game coming out called Mint Julep. This game appears to be a drafting game where you're actually betting on horses and then trying to um, adjust the movement of the horses. Uh, it looks to be all card-driven. And I have a feeling this one actually could be kind of interesting. Uh, there's a couple other card games or a couple other horse games that I'd like. Horse Fever being the one that I really enjoy and would really like to get added to my collection. But due to prices of that game, I really have just held off on purchasing that one. Um, but this Mint Julep looks to be kind of a newer one. And I think it could have a really interesting... It looks interesting from what I can tell so far from what I can read about it on um, Board Game Geek. It does have two to four players. So that's a good thing that it doesn't require at least three people to play especially being some drafting, having a drafting aspect to it. Um, I'd like to actually look into this game a little bit more and find a little bit more out about this game. But I may have to get this one and pick it up. And I have a feeling if I do get this one, considering it is based around horses, I'm sure my wife wouldn't mind me adding it to our collection. But other than that, those are the games I played for the week, and that is what I want to play. Until next week, send me some email. Next, Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversation over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter, you can follow me at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. You know what to do. Go out there, play some games. And then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, have a great week playing games, everybody. I will see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.